Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Luke. Uh, we have with me today BJ, who doesn't have a mic currently because... Hi, I'm BJ. Well, now he has a mic. Uh, the reason for this is that we have a, a, a friend of the show on today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Landon, and I was once known as their editor. Now I'm just their friend. Yeah, he got demoted. <laughs> demoted? I got into a got into a car accident. You got demoted. Okay, fair point. Um, <laughs> and God said no. <laughs> Alright, so this uh, this is gonna be kind of a jank uh, one. We tried to we tried to do three mics. Uh, it didn't turn out too well, or at least we couldn't figure it out because I'm using GarageBand. I don't have like professional grade um, audio, whatever. He's a broke boy. Yeah. Um, so it only lets us do two inputs, whereas if we were using like Logic Pro or whatever, we could have multiple. Yes. But we're not, so Landon and uh, I, th- I think we're all just going to share mics at this point. You know, we're all fine. I'm pretty sure we all don't have COVID, so we're good. And, you know, hey, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <clears throat> anyway, uh, as uh, uh, that's out the way, um, Landon, since you're new here, uh, how have you been? Uh, like, how, how's life? What games you playing? How's the, how's the girlfriend? You know, do, do your thing. <laughs> Um, uh, as far as life goes, it's been insane. Uh, I've got that new job, or not new job, but like new hours for that job. So I logged something like 60 hours last week, uh, and I'm logging 50, including drive time this week. So it's just been all over the place. Um, girlfriend's good. Uh, spent some time with her this weekend. That was enjoyable. Um, and, uh, I've been working a little bit more on Wardcliff, which... Wow. All right, I'm stopping my storytelling to <laughs> I'm stopping my story to explain to you that Luke just knocked over a stack of games while chucking his phone. I have a small room, which is now even more apparent that we we have three people trying to sit in here. Um, but yeah, I I backed up into yeah, I turned the light off. Mm-hmm. I backed up into uh, a stack of Switch games after yeeting my phone <laughs> under my desk cuz I forgot to put the timer on proud of you hey we're professional here you want to just restart no okay. no we're keeping this in all righty oh that's right you can't pay me to cut it out yeah well even then i'm not going to cut it out anyway that's too that's that's work that i'm not getting paid for fair point <laughs> that's how i felt with your lip smacks <laughs> do you have a rebuttal i'm gonna make this day hell for you <laughs> i think you mean for him i'm not editing this one no, but here's the thing, Landon. I'm going to keep it all in, and you're going to listen to it and go... <laughs> <laughs> My OCD is going to trip in. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm working on Wardcliff a lot. Um, we're moving away from our monthly release schedule, and we're jumping into uh, a batch release. So if you've watched shows on Disney+, Plus, uh, you know, anything like that, that's what we're going to be to we're going to be jumping to that. So we're currently batch releasing um, three through five, and we're remastering one and two. And then we're also going to once we release those, we're going to batch release, produce six through ten, and then we're going to do the entirety of the second season. And so you can expect three through five out sometime beginning of June, and then uh, six through ten will be out mm, probably 
end of October, early November, uh, I think is what we've got slated right now. Um, but we're bumping the runtime to 45, 50 minutes, and we're going to pull in some more custom um, music and sound effects and stuff like that. So we're taking more time to work on it, but we're we're going to jump into, you know, trying to make it as the best that we can. There... I haven't been able to hear any of the new stuff, but I will say just from the episodes I have heard and from you talking about it, this is this is great. If you haven't checked it out, you should because, I mean, we're going to be Ward, Wardcliffe shills here. Uh, you know, we, we, we definitely believe in Wardcliffe supremacy on this podcast. But, uh, yeah, no, it's Wardcliffe is sick, and I almost had a role, and then... I, I I fudged it all up by not recording my you, lines in time. <laughs> I mean, there's still there's still an option. I mean, like I said, we're, we're three through five are still batch released, so that that one role that we need uh, is still open. And I mean, that goes for everybody who listens to the podcast. If you if you want to possibly get into voice acting or look into that, um, you can reach out to me on um, either Instagram, and you can throw that in the um, yeah the whatever the the bio for the this specific episode or. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Wardcliffe Live and just shoot me a, t- a DM there and we can see about pulling you in and uh, looking at that stuff. But uh, as far as what I've been playing, here's where I differ from both of you. I am an FPS nerd. So uh, Overwatch, Destiny, Apex, Titanfall, I mean any, all of the above, that is that is what I enjoy playing the most. It's the direct kind of opposite. Well, I mean, BJ's been playing Fortnite, but that's... Okay, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, uh, how many hours do you have in Destiny? Enough. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I think BJ this time is going to be the very uh, man of few words, but when it pops off, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so Destiny... You know Apex, all the FPS games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, how did you get into those? Like, what's your gaming history like? Like when you when you were the young, the young end, because you're technically the youngest out of both of us. Too. I am the youngest out of both of you. Yeah. So, um, uh, where'd you start? Like, first console. What what kind of got you into FPS? Is even like, what's what's the history with Landon? Gaming? So, first console was not even really a console. It was the original DS Lite. That was that was my go-to uh, my go-to gaming platform for like four or five years, and I mean I played everything from you know Pokemon Heart Gold, Soul Silver. That that DS specifically had Game Boy Advance cartridges, so I, I played you know the the re-releases of Red, Blue, um, Ruby Sapphire, that kind of thing, and um, those were all great. I played this one game called Fossil Fighters, which no one has ever heard of. I know. <laughs> um, nobody's ever heard of that game. Um, and that was a good one. They got a sequel for that. I don't know how they managed to get that one. Um, but uh, from there, a friend of mine uh, introduced me to Halo Reach uh, on the 360. Arguably one of the, one of the best Halo games. Oh, uh, hands down, my favorite Halo game. Which is sad, considering that... Um, you know, I never got to play th- one, two, or three it, when they were in their prime. I got to play the remastered versions. But um, going from there, uh, I played a little Halo Four. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much. I felt like three, four, three kind of let people down with that one a little bit. It definitely felt like a more generic FPS versus like the way Halo felt. Mm-hmm. Cause, like, even going back and playing the Master Chief Collection, like when I ran through all the games, four felt like well, this is what FPS should feel like instead of what yeah. Halo feels like. 
Yeah, and that was that was one of the biggest issues I had. But uh, the game that kind of changed my outlook on games entirely was Bungie's new IP, Destiny. And that was a game that I latched onto from the start. Uh, I played through beta, all of Destiny 1, every expansion, Destiny 2. I am current with the expansions. I played before coming here. So, um... That was one of those games that really got me into the scene, and then I played Overwatch for a good long while. Um, you had like a, a full team in it stuff, right? Yeah, uh, we played in a couple tournaments, won a couple of them too. Um, I've got some highlight reels laying around somewhere that are probably going to look stupid in five years, but <laughs> um, uh, that, that was the game that I really like tried hard in uh as opposed to it was my first competitive game effectively sorry i had to yawn oh i didn't um, know if you're gonna say something <laughs> no I, I just had to yawn no i i i remember you telling me about the overwatch stuff and like I, i've seen a couple of the plays like they're actually kind of sick so he's definitely he's definitely got the skills when it comes to fps stuff but uh uh i think it's very interesting to hear you like talk about like pokemon when those are like the just direct opposite, of I know, like, like what you played before, where it's like, oh, yeah, or like even Fossil Fighter, yeah, like direct polar opposites of like f- the furthest from Destiny you could really get, like, and I guess the RPG systems and yeah, XP boosts and whatnot, but like, yeah, like when you when you think Pokemon, you don't really think of Destiny in the same sentence, really. No, you don't. But at the same time, it's that same sort of. At the end of the day, the games that I play are driven by story. And that's like it's this. If I'm gonna enjoy a game, the story has to be good. I mean, the exception to that is Apex. And I, mean, I was about to make the joke of a man. Apex's story is so heart wrenching, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's based in the Titanfall universe, which is also a, a storyline that I enjoyed when I played through it the first time around. Remember when they said that? I was like, how do these wackos fit in the Titanfall universe at yeah. first? And then I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense, but like, yeah, when you tone wise, it doesn't. Like, when you play Titanfall 2 and then immediately jump into Apex, you're like, oh, this party game. Yeah, and I mean, Apex is one of those just time killers. And it's like, I have to work in an hour and a half. I'm home for the next hour. Um, What do I want to do? And the answer is usually not, you know, just lay in my bed for an hour. So it's it ends that ends up being the game that I play more of just to fill it. Plus, it's a competitive game at the same time. So it kind of fills the void that Overwatch left when it, you know started eating sand for breakfast lunch dinner <laughs> i think that's more just blizzard eating sand for breakfast lunch and dinner yeah it's activision looking wallpaper how about how about you bj how, how how's your your week been for for video games and whatnot it's been pretty good uh played a little bit of Fortnite last night um just trying to level up so that when I get to the point where I can do the epic quests and get all the skins, I'm just ready for that as soon as they come out. Um, other than that, I finally figured out how to put my own PSP ISOs onto my Vita. So I've been playing a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z Shin Budokai, which is the best mobile Dragon Ball Z game they ever made, in my opinion. Um, very close to like the Tenkaichi style. Uh, past that like it's just been little odd in stuff here and there a little bit of Genshin couple rounds of Overwatch but nothing too extreme uh how was the um like 
the process of getting those things on the Vita? How was that? It was a lot easier than I was making it. Um, I was using an older laptop to try to put them on there, and something was just wrong with the RINRAR on there. Um, so I tried it on my newer Windows 10 laptop, and it just converted right over. So it was super simple after I actually stopped being an idiot. Yeah, that that's going to go really well into one of our news stories, and we'll, we'll get into that uh, in a bit. But uh, anything else? It's just kind of been the same, like, you know, grinding Fortnite, messing around in just occasional games. Yeah, basically. Cool. Well, uh, for me, I have uh, gone full force into playing uh, The Outer Worlds because of the new DLC that popped. Um, that I just kind of wanted to start over, play through that, and then in playing The Outer Worlds, I realized, huh, I kind of like this first-person FPS RPG thing, and went right back into Cyberpunk, so I'm <laughs> back into that game again. Uh, despite all of its problems, I still think the characters and story and side quests are solid but and the the combat's pretty good just you know it's still got bugs to this day thankfully it's not crashing every 30 minutes now so definite improvement um but yeah other than that i mean i just i just kind of picking up random games i'm still grinding a bit in final fantasy 14 um i have officially beaten a realm reborn so I'm about to start Heaven Sword, and and I bought all of the rest of it. So I have Heaven Sword, Stormblood, and Shadowbringers, and now I'm like, oh man, that's gonna be a grind. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, anything else you gents want to talk about before we get into the news? Anything other tidbits? No, I mean, all right, cool. So then, first news story I want to talk about because this one's relatively recent is uh, PlayStation has decided. They are going to shut down the stores for the Vita, PSP, and PS3. I heard about this. So, it sucks because today I saw a quote from Jim Ryan, uh, the CEO of Sony uh, Entertainment America or whatever, um, talk about how he would rather you have just multiple consoles stacked on top of each other than just make it all in one spot. Yeah. And that sucks because, one, good luck getting a PS1 to, like, I mean, you have to get, like, HDMI converters now and, like, all this other stuff. Like, even even base PS3s didn't, didn't always have an HDMI. Yeah. So, like, you know, on one hand, it's like, come on, dude. Like, I, the fact that Xbox kind of made them do backwards compatibility with PS4 because Microsoft kept going, here's all these cool old games if you want to go back and play them. Here they are. Yeah. And then Sony was like, we couldn't figure out how to do it, so here's PS4. And I mean, that's their fault for, you know, continuously switching up their disc encoding. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, Xbox didn't change much with the way that they sort of engraved their games onto the discs. They just, you know, were able to find a way to put more on there. So, like, at the end of the day, the, the Series X and the uh, and everything else, they aren't very much different from the original Xbox. They're just better. Yeah, and it, it sucks, too, like, you know, because BJ's obviously, like, putting games on his Vita, but, like, I, I'm, of the, I'm of the belief that, look, if you're not going to support the system anymore, I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah. And if that means emulating games that you're not porting to anything else, it's fair game. Like, if you're, if you're not going to take my money, then I'm not going to give it to you. That's kind of where I'm at with that, like... I'll happily pay for 
ports of like Freedom Wars or Crisis Core or Birth by Sleep, which they've done Birth by Sleep in the collections for Kingdom Hearts. And we're kind of getting a remake. I hate that that does that. Um, we're kind of getting a remake for Crisis Core. What? Is that Karina? Yeah. Um, I, I have to come in early tomorrow. Oh, that sucks. Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it kind of sucks because like they're like people will pay for this stuff. I mean, it, case in point, the Resident Evil 2 remake, the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. I mean, Final Fantasy 7 remake, even though it's not really a one to one remake, but you bring these games back, people will pay for them. Like, yeah. Like this, not to say like, I mean, you and me talked the other night, like if they made a Destiny 1 just campaign and made it like single player co-op i'd buy it yeah i'd buy it in a heartbeat like they remaster that redo the graphics like let you actually play through some stuff i mean let you play through the raids in a way that's like single player like i the the lore in that game has so many options i would buy that in a heartbeat i would have no qualms dropping like 60 bucks for four years of content yeah especially because it would be all of the you know expansion one and two taking king rise of iron base destiny and then, like I said, make it like a Borderlands game. Yeah. Make it co-op, so you can still do raid bosses and everything else there. You just make them, like, optional side things, just whenever. Yeah. As, as the resident uh, Vita hacker, what's your opinion on this stuff? So, <clears throat> the Vita doesn't bother me much. I expected them to shut it down much sooner than they actually did. Um, the big thing for me, though, is PS3, specifically because of Atlas. Um, all their old SMT PS2 games were on there for like 20 bucks. Um, and shockingly enough, the only other way to get those nowadays is Atlas still prints PS2 discs with those games on them. But like the PS3 was really the only like surefire way to get them to run on an HD TV without having to add cords that could potentially ruin your console that I've seen so many times. And it's just like... It's, it's a preservation thing to me. Like, I feel like a lot of those games are just never going to get re-released again. And, uh, that sucks. I've seen the preservation, uh, you know, comment come up a lot. Because, yeah, a lot of these games, like, they're, you know, the biggest thing that I, I always bring back is PT. Like, that was a demo that was released and then taken off the store because of the whole Kojima situation. But there are people who still will refuse to delete it off their PlayStation because they want to play it and then i think what was it recently they shut like the server or whatever it's so, like even now you couldn't play it so it's like yeah you have no way of playing that game and it was a huge moment in gaming culture because when people beat that demo and saw uh norman reedus walk out of the door and people were like oh it's a silent hill demo made by kojima people freaked out and then obviously you know the kojima konami stuff went the way it did and Konami just was like, no, we're taking this off the store instead of being cool about it and just releasing it and making it, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, we lo we lost that. That's not something you can go play. I mean, people have tried to remake it, but it doesn't have that same feel of the original. And that, to me, is kind of interesting in a, in a lot of ways. Like, you can probably attest to this, but, like, Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are two different games. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, and so there are probably people who prefer Destiny 1's style. And they playing destiny 2 doesn't get them that so they can still go back and play destiny 1 but if Des but destiny 1 they can go hey we're shutting the servers down it's all destiny 2 from here on out those people now can't play that game yeah that game is no longer loud and that's a different thing because it's an online thing but even then 
if you play Destiny 1 on like 360, those servers will probably get shut down before they will on the Xbox One and PS4. So yeah. you're out of that game now. And if you want to play it, you are now forced to get a newer version, a newer console, and so on and so forth. And it it kind of it kind of sucks. And I understand from a business side of thing that's probably good, but like when it comes to the you know conservation and you know keeping these things alive, you know it's different. Yeah. Um, in that same vein, Bungie's taking steps to avoid that. Um, with their cross-save and then eventual cross-play that they're working on. Um, but the way that they want it, the way that I can see that going wrong is, again, 360 servers, people have been wondering when those are going to get shut down. I started I started playing Destiny on the 360. Um, when I, I changed over because... Oh, what was it? There was, a, there was an expansion that was not going to play on the 360. Was it Rise of Iron? I'm pretty sure Rise of Iron... I know Taken King was both. Taken King was both. Rise of Iron was the first expansion that they released that was not going to be on the 360. And so that's what caused me to get a new console. There are parts of that game that do not require online service. But being a live service game, it's recommended that you have it. So story missions, um, patrol areas for the most part, and then certain strikes and story stuff doesn't require uh, an internet connection. But I think what sucks, though, is that especially a lot of these live service games, they still require you to connect at least once. Yeah. And that's where the, well, that's where it's going to go kind of off the rails. That if you, if you can't even connect to the server, it's going to be like, well, sorry, you can't log in. Yeah. And I mean, that that's going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of when at this point. Um, An- another thing, um, and I- I'm trying to, I want to get this out because it's, it's starting to slip from my mind, but... Um, I see a lot of people talk about, you know, the backwards compatibility thing a lot mm-hmm. because Microsoft has been doing great with it. Nintendo has a weird history with it where like, oh, the Wii was backwards compatible, Wii U is backwards compatible. Obviously, Switch can't be backwards compatible because of that, but they've they've atoned that with at least on the Wii U having virtual console. Now the Switch, it's not so much. But besides the point, like we've had history of vir- of uh, backwards compatibility in many forms being there. And it, it, it seems weird to me that Sony is almost dead set against it, in, in a sense, because, like, Nintendo, for the most part, has done really well with it. Obviously, you know, they're kind of slacking now. But, like, you know, the Wii U had so much when it came to virtual console, and, like, you could buy Nintendo 64 games, Game Boy games, DS games, NES, SNES, original Wii titles, and it, that was the coolest thing. And yeah. Then, you know, even the 360 was backwards compatible to the original Xbox, Xbox One, backwards compatibility. And w- especially when they launched, when they launched the backwards compatibility thing, they were like, "We're bringing all these games. We're going to keep adding to that list as much as we can, within contractual obligation rights and everything else." Yeah. Obviously, certain games that have music rights can't be transitioned over, like some of the Tony Hawk games. But mm-hmm. they remastered those anyway. Yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, which were the, are the good ones, they remastered. And so I'm. I'm very interested to see kind of what what Sony does because, like, especially with this, like, is this going to be that light of fire under them to to kind of force backwards compatibility, or are they just going to say screw it, we're not doing it, and and do what they've been doing now, which is here's the games from our previous console, we're just going to remaster them and make you pay for them again. Like Last of Us, they did it in PS3 to PS4. They did it with Spider-Man to to PS4 to PS5. I wonder how many of those games are going to get 
you know, repackaged in some form or fashion? I think it's going to be quite a few. Um, Sony has never had a business model that's been for the player. It's been a long time since they've been player focused. Um, in terms of, I mean, that's why I just haven't used Sony consoles. It's because I just, it's A, the controller feel never felt right to me, which is, you know, a stupid reason not to play a console, but. Um, I think it's I think it's viable. I mean, the PS3 and PS2 were not good controllers. Really, <laughs> fair point. Um, but at the same time, it's like I would I would rather play on a console that I know is going to work for me in a way. Like if I know, like, hey, I enjoyed. I mean, let me throw a game out there. What game did I play on Xbox 360 that I really enjoyed? Bioshock. Or yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah, like I played I played Bioshock. I played Mass Effect. Like I I enjoyed those games. I still have them on disc. I'd rather not, you know, have to pay for them again. And if I find out that, like, oh, I can just get this new console, play the new games I want to play, and not sacrifice, you know, the games that I enjoy playing already, I'm going to be more inclined to that console, which is why I ended up buying the Xbox One. Um, if you... Xbox looks at that as being sort of... If they lean towards their player base they know that okay if we do this for them like game pass if we do this for them we know that later when we pull out you know i mean let's say for somehow they pull out vr they pull out like the ability to do that but it's like a paid upgrade it's not free for your xbox like okay we know that if we do this for them we can then come and say we have a 150 dollars thing that we can give you that you pay for and then now you have limited vr capability and that'll keep upgrading as it goes or we can take, I don't know, we can we can take, you know, I mean, they did it with 4K on the on the, the Series X. Like, we can take PC-level uh, graphic production and graphic, you know, playthrough and put it on the Xbox. But it's going to, you're going to have to buy this new console because we just can't feasibly fit it in the one. The player base is going to be more inclined to that. Sony's banking off their player base being hard, hard diehard fanboys. Which in which they have, and especially considering they have the games for it, like God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, Bloodborne, Last of Us. I was gonna say Yakuza, but that's not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've had that first-party lineup that no one else had, and that yeah. was the reason people bought into the PS4 because yeah, it was just better. Like I'm, I'll I'll be real, yeah, PS4 has a better lineup than Xbox. At least currently yeah i think we're in the i think we're in that preemptive stage of xbox about to shoot like sony in the foot i think with like here's avowed here's fable here's all the bethesda games here's like here's the next tim schaefer game here's the next uh um compulsion games title here's the next uh wasteland game um here's like here's another forza here's another gears here's a new halo and they're gonna keep pumping these things out and if they're smart like i mean they brought back fable yeah fable was dead and I wouldn't be surprised if they go, hey, we brought that back. Here's Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Hey, here's old titles we have sitting. We're bringing Perfect Dark back. I guess. Like, they're willing to go back to the things. Like, Sony is doing Ratchet & Clank, sure. But they have Infamous, Sly Cooper, um, Jack and Daxter. Yeah, they have they have dead IPs that are sitting there. That they could pull back and make money off of, and they're just kind of choosing not to. They've found the model that works for them currently, and that's the third-person action-adventure game. Whether that be linear, open world, whatever, it works for them. And it's, and that's great. I love those games, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, the fact that that's kind of where they're going, where it's like, no, you need to buy our new ones. The new shiny is what we're, what we're getting into. It's like, 
I, that's fine, but also I want to have the new shiny next to the older one, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, these older... Like, case in point, Mass Effect Andromeda was not nearly as good as Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And I would much rather play 1, 2, and 3 over again than Andromeda. And yeah. now we're getting a remaster, but, like... It took how long? Yeah, you did, you couldn't play Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 on your PlayStation unless you had... I, think, I don't know if they're on PS now, but maybe. But, like, you couldn't play those. I can play them on my Xbox, mm-hmm. but I couldn't play them on PlayStation. Yeah. So it, it was that thing where I had the advantage of, you know, I want to go back and play Mass Effect. And obviously PC players don't have this problem because everything's just there. Yeah, but, for the most part. Well, for yeah, the for part. the most part. Obviously, contractual things, they can get taken down from stores. but And some games don't run well on some of the newer hardware, so you kind of have to finagle it a bit. But... Yeah, I mean most like most like Steam games will run on Steam. Yeah. If you like if it's on Steam it's gonna run. And you have the Mass Effect trilogy and Andromeda and you can play Titanfall two and you can buy the new Assassin's Creed and the old ones and all of that to where it's like you have that whole lineup right there. Yeah. Whereas it's the it's one of the biggest detriments to consoles where like, yeah, there was a point where it's like, next console, sell all your old games to get the new one. Yeah. And I mean my thought process there is that at this point, I would rather spend $1,200 on a PC than buy a PlayStation. Like that, And that's sad, but I would rather have the ability to continuously upgrade and adjust that system to play whatever I want than go buy the weirdest-looking Dyson air blower I've ever seen. I don't know if you saw the meme, but someone put like a Kaiba head on top, <laughs> and it looks like his jacket. <laughs> I want to go find. I mean, if you if you inverted it, you could take like a, a white pumpkin head, and you got Jack Skellington from the the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, no, that works too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, game preservation, I I think it needs to be a, a a thing. I like that Xbox is doing it. Nintendo is kind of doing it. Sony, again, they're like half stepping it. But this kind of upsets me because it's like, yeah, all those did like Freedom Wars is a Vita game that no one's ever going to get to play anymore. And I, th- and I think that's sad because I thought it was cool. So, yeah. Anything else you guys need to say about it? Nah. Who's got the next news story? I guess it's a question. Well, uh, did you have any interesting news there, BJ? Or um, <clears throat> Not necessarily. The only thing I've really been focusing on is the store shutdowns. Um I heard one thing that I think you'll be interested in, that uh, Arkham Knights got delayed. Or Gotham Knights. (laughs) It did, and I'm a little salty about it, but at the same time, uh, you know, it... COVID and, you know, WB's kind of going through some things, so I I feel like there's a lot of different things, you know, going with that. Mm -hmm. That might be them going, hey, let's try to release this game around the next Batman movie. Yeah, and then also, and it because I'm tr- I'm wondering like it also if that game just didn't have it because by this now by this logic that means 20, 2022 is gonna have Gotham Knights the Harry Potter game and Suicide Squad so they're gonna have three bangers in that year. I can buy two of those and have a good conscience. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I can technically buy all three and still have a good conscience. I'll just you know donate money to somewhere else. Um, yeah, that sucks. I mean, you know, I'd rather it be perfect. You know. Yeah. I got. I mean, you you know, I got burned by Cyberpunk. Yeah, had that day. Now you're going back to it to get burned again. It it's got me, dude. It's got me by the balls at this point. 
and it sucks too because like literally i told myself like i made a, I made an, a male character again because i've had a male a female it's like all right this time i'm gonna romance carry and then pan am shows up again and i went haha back over there uh but no it's it sucks i mean i'd rather the game be good you know i i especially this game because this is now gonna be like the first game where the attention is not on batman but instead the sidekicks so we're hopefully gonna get good representation of batgirl robin red hood nightwing and maybe more characters like cassandra kane's orphan we might get spoiler um batwing or signal Azrael, catwoman like getting these center like the center stage on them mm-hmm. i hope is is good because yeah the game looks pretty decent, especially with the previews. So I'm, I'm wondering what they else they had to do, or if they had to change something. It, it's got me scratching my head. I wonder if they just delayed it for something else's release, like if they have something planning to come out first. But I think you could be the most correct there, and that they're trying to frame it around the next Batman movie. Yeah, because especially because I know I've I'm followed this thing where. Hey, this I'm I'm in a Batman kit because that movie was cool, and so I start buying things related to it. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I bought Lego Marvel uh, superheroes just because I watched the Avengers movies. I was like, I want I want Marvel stuff. There's no good Marvel games out. We thought Avengers would be good, but you know. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, Gotham Knights. It's it's delayed. Yeah, we're, we're playing we're, hot potato with like hundred dollar studio equipment. If one of us misses, <laughs> I'm losing the two hundred in my pocket. Yeah, I just paid Landon for his last editing jobs, and yeah, if he drops this mic, one of these mics, that's my money again. <laughs> I'll be like, well, I was gonna get lunch, not anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the last the last big story, at least that I really want to talk about, will lead into our main topic, but. I mean, I had one I was going to throw out there. Was it the Activision one? No, actually, it oh, wasn't. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. It was then. a slightly different one that I actually literally saw last night. I'm going to find it. Yeah. I saved it specifically for this uh, for this moment. Because I was going to say, I know we're going to talk about, you know, loot shooters and stuff and Activision and whatnot, but yeah, okay. So, I mean, I figured we could uh, jump back on the, the Sony crap, more more bull crap they've pulled. Um, there was a study that got released recently. An investigative journalist went undercover with, uh, I think it was a publisher called Lemon Does Sky, in Malaysia, which worked on Gears 5, Last of Us 2, that kind of stuff, they found out that that specific publisher has been, like, overworking people. Like, unpaid labor. Like, on the whole, people have been doing 70-plus-hour work weeks and only getting paid for 40 of them. Oh, man. Yeah, and, I mean, that was a Sony-mandated thing. That, like, Sony reached out and said, we need X game. Like, Last of Us 2 specifically was one of the games that they reached out. They're like, we're going to ship this out to you. We need it done by this date. If it's not done, we're cutting you off our program. And the problem is, Lemon Does Sky only works with Sony. Like, that is their only outlet into the video game world. So then probably not Gears 5, then. I mean, I, I, I think it was... Let me see. It might have been Gears 5. I'm reading it real quick, going back in there. But, but um, if, if that's the, la- the Last of Us thing especially, because that game had a lot of problems, like, post, like, the leaks, and then people just, like, thought Neil Druckmann's a creep. Yeah. And now you add Sony going, no, overwork your employees to get our, to hit a quota. It was Gears 5, but it was a uh, part of the Bethesda contract that they had for a minute. Gears Five isn't is it Microsoft. Not Bethesda. It is now. Uh, Gears well, no, Gears Five was was has always been Microsoft because it's uh it's the coalition. Oh, you're right. Under, under Microsoft. Well, 
still so there. That probably was a contract they had with them then. Yeah, but as of right now, my understanding is Lemon Dead Sky only works on Sony games because they worked on Spider-Man, Miles Morales. They worked on Last of Us 2. They worked on the original Spider-Man. Uh, and this one Malaysian, uh, this one Malaysian company has been told numerous times, supposedly according to this investigative journalist, to overwork their people to get it done, or else risk losing the contract. And Malaysia's not well known for mm. their ties to the video game industry, so the minute that they lose that Sony contract, they go under. Yeah, and, and I, they'd have to have either like a huge hit too. Like if they're a publishing company, that's one thing, but like. Same thing with like Metro and, and CDPR. Mm-hmm. Like the Metro devs were no one really knew of good, you know, games that didn't come from Japan or America. Like so in the Europe like especially in, in places like Russia. Yeah. You didn't really know good games and then Metro came out. Mm-hmm. And in you know, in Poland, you didn't really know good games until The Witcher came out. Yeah. And so yeah, Malaysia you don't really know game studios, whether it be publishing or developing. So yeah, if they lose that, they're pretty much screwed. Yeah. And, I mean, they, from what I understand, they have a decent amount of employees that work under them, but the strain of having to take on a project of that magnitude, I mean, you've seen how Last of Us, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Gears 5, you've seen how those games play, and they play relatively well. Like, they have decent mechanics for the most part. I know Last of Us had some issues, and I'm sure Spider-Man, Miles Morales have had its issues as well, but... Like they have decent playthrough mechanics, stuff like that. There, there's obviously amount of time and work that's getting put into that. When you realize that there's a company in Malaysia that's been working their workers seventy-hour work weeks, which is about what I work, but I'm doing that willingly. So you, you do that willingly, and you're getting paid for it. Yeah, like, like my next paycheck is four digits. Like I'm getting paid with the amount of money I should be getting paid to work those hours. Whereas, yeah, they're getting paid regular work weeks not overtime work weeks they're not even they're not even getting paid overtime from my understanding because i don't think that's i don't believe that's a a contractual thing that sucks yeah well i mean like there's not much else i can say to that because like i mean it does and like there's not really much we can do except hey put out the word really yeah but even then like what 50 people listen to this podcast yeah so yeah so yeah i don't know like that it does suck like and i hope i hope like I hope Jason Schreier gets onto that because he's been really good at like getting that like overworking. Like he did the Anthem expose and he did the was almost re- the CDPR one he did recently too. I think he's yeah. So he's been breaking a lot of those stories for like crunch and whatnot. So I'm I hope I hope he gets in on that because yeah, that's that's not good. And yeah. I know a lot of people who will be mad that they played Last of Us Part Two and it was crunched because they made a point to say no, it's not. So. And and that's probably where they're going to get out of it, is Neil Druckmann can say our studio didn't crunch and it's like well yeah yours Naughty Dog didn't but you know you had your subsidiary yeah you had another one do it but yeah that well sadly you know goes into the next news story really yeah. well Activision CEO is a dick <laughs> that man needs to realign yes but also to realign his priorities in life it, it sucks too because that man got a, a huge bonus by also firing like 190 people yeah uh, 50 of those being part of their live team events for both uh cod world league and overwatch league yeah so it's like i like i don't know how like that is on a different scale where that's just straight up corporate greed he was like oh i'm gonna get a bonus if not if these many people aren't working so he just said uh you 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 and you or yeah. he got someone else to do it which is more likely, but still, that I hate him. Like I when I when I saw that, I'm like, God, you're a piece of shit. 
from my understanding, it was dispassionate too, which means they didn't even look at, you know, which of those employees were actually doing their job really, really well. They just said, eh, you're number 4207. We didn't kick 4206, so you're next. That sucks, dude. Like, especially when you look at, like, yeah, Overwatch League, the Call of Duty War League, and, like, even, like, I wonder how many of those people also were part of, like, bug testing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's because that's a lot of people you just fired too, and like now they are out of a job in COVID times too. Yeah, and and then you know Mr. CEO just got a fat stack of cash as a bonus. Yeah, and I mean if you're looking at it from at least the the OWL perspective, which is why that's how I caught onto the story. Um, the people that they removed were their graphics team. That's who got removed. The people who I don't know if you if anyone's ever watched Overwatch League, they've got like the team skins in game. They've got different colors for different abilities. They've basically overhauled the UI for these live leagues, including contenders and everything like that. Like if you look at the Path to Pro, every single one of those games outside of like the Tier One, Tier Two scene have specific graphic adjustments for those games for those teams. The majority of who they fired. Were the people who were overseeing those graphics? Yeah, that uh, that just makes sense. That tracks with them, but um, like that's a that's a huge thing with Overwatch competitive is seeing those graphics on the Overwatch League, and I feel like they make a lot of money every year from that league. Mm-hmm. So it just eat the rich, fuck those guys. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it like realistically from a money standpoint, Robert Kraft, the man who makes your mac and cheese, owns a team in the Overwatch League. Do you want to know how much money he's probably funneling into that crap? It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot. I buy a lot of mac and cheese. I probably fund that team myself. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the team I am the sole founder of that team. <laughs> to be fair, it is the Boston Uprising, which if you know anything about that team, you know that they did Pedo 1, then Pedo 2, Electric Boogaloo, and then Pedo 3. Are you kidding me? Like, okay, that may be true, but like, at least they didn't they didn't do uh, what the Smash community did, which, oh, was, which was which was Pedo any Pedo speed run any percent. <laughs> I, I will I will I will make excuses to rip the Smash community in, in half of that. It, it's like it's so funny to me that, about that, and this is this is tangent for this part. So but like, tangent, but like any kids game will have those those dudes. Oh, 100 Like Pokemon had a huge thing recently. Well, not recently, but kind of like with King Nappy. It's like a huge oh, I about Pokemon that one. YouTuber, and then all of a sudden, hey, he likes underage boys, and it's like, okay, okay, Catholic well, priest, hang well, on a minute. Th- here's the thing, though, is he never did anything sexually to them. But he ma- he made a point to talk to them, and it was like very like oh, but you know I think we'd be good together type stuff. He never did anything, but it's still it's oh, still it's fun. still creepy. It's, it's still, still fucked. It's still weird. Still yeah, hate it. I it's mean, still bad. And and you know I I was glad he he apparently left, but now he's kind of back, and still getting views by the way. And that's what I hate. Yeah. Pe- there were there were people I saw the comments going, "Hey boy, the king is back," and I went, "No, don't, yeah, no. don't give this man money." Yeah, for real. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. It, I mean, there was an issue with that in Overwatch. There's been an issue with that, but, like, Console Watch specifically, there was a, a player named Indakuma, which already, that name, just Jesus. That um, name probably should have been a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, uh, had a, a bad habit of actively seeking out and talking to underage girls 
specifically like under underage girls. Oh, like I think the youngest that he went after was like eleven, and I was like, no, no. The, I don't like that. No, I don't either. The console watch community, and I mean, I'm sure if I end up promoting this, they'll all see it and they'll they'll get behind me on this. But like, they may not like me that much for crap that I've pulled in the past. They may have problems with each other. But if we find out there's a kitty fiddler, suddenly none of that matters anymore. Yeah, like no matter what you do, at least you don't fuck around with kids. Yeah, I'm. I may call you an absolute dipshit and like shit on your family, but I'm never gonna <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I may burn your house down. I might shoot your wife. But I'm not going to diddle your kids. So I'm there's a line. I, there's a line we don't cross. Like there's a, there, there, You have to understand that there's, that is a crime so bad that other prisoners in prison do not like those people. <laughs> hey, what you in for? Oh, pedophilia? <laughs> hey, don't be by yourself. <laughs> What'd you do? I killed 30 people, but that man, <laughs> that man scares that man, me. That man diddled a 10-year-old. Oh, oh we're going we gonna to fight him. <laughs> the murderer and the thief are like, team up? Team, got it, cool. <laughs> Revengers assemble. <laughs> I, well, case in point, y'all saw Punisher, right? Yeah. The second that dude says, hey, I got I got kitty porn, locks the door, <laughs> and just walks up to the guy and kills him. Yeah. I was like, deserved. Oh, 100%. Well deserved. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, no, anyway, we, uh, we like literally three days ago found him again. This idiot keeps trying to like rejoin the community. He jumped to PC. Didn't matter. We still found him. Um, he changed his name eight times in six months. And if you keep track of how much name changes on Xbox cost, this man spent $80 to protect himself from our wrath. <laughs> Which for a man who I wish I had a picture of him looks like the definition of the Wonder Bread mascot. <laughs> that was probably a lot of money. Well, yeah, so the moral of this news story, uh, the ri richer assholes. Yes. I'm not a fan of them. And, you know, you find out a lot of these pedophiles are rich, too, because they made a butt ton of money on the content, and then they they haven't, they, a lot of them get away scot-free because they have enough money to just either bail themselves out or just not go to jail mm -hmm. and can set themselves up for just being a, by themselves for the rest of their lives, and it sucks. But... Well, yeah, so. Yeah. Activision CEO is a dickbag. More at 11. That's probably a pedophile. Yeah, Honestly. <laughs> I don't know if I want, I, don't, I mean. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he probably is. Yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll see on that part. We don't, we don't know. We'll, mm, I would, let me put it this way. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so now on to, I guess, the main topic, which, you know, picture that guy. Uh, so the main topic I want to talk about today, the reason we got Landon on is because Landon is a huge Destiny nerd, as we've established. Yes. Um, and I wanted to talk about kind of the realm of live service games that Destiny kind of brought into popularity. Yeah. Um, Destiny, if you don't know, is a pretty much an MMO shooter. MMORPG, it, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 and it is RPG heavy. It's like new gear, new loot, stat boosts, all that stuff. <laughs> but it's an FPS game. Yeah. Um, very similar to Borderlands, which I think is technically Borderlands was the king of all this. And, you know, wherever you want to go die on that hill, sure. Um, but from Destiny, obviously Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 hit, we had games like The Division, Anthem, New Marvel's Avengers, 
um, Warframe. Mm. And, well, technically, I forgot about that one. See that that has a dedicated community though. Warframe I forgot is, about that. Warframe one. is still, and I think it helps that it's free. Yeah, so, I did play it for a bit, and it was not bad. There was just so much. Yeah, I got overwhelmed. Yeah, and so it, a lot of these games come out, and some of them find their spot. Obviously, Fortnite is Fortnite, Apex is Apex, and they they have their spots. Warframe has its dedicated fan base. Mm-hmm. But you have games like The Division, which I is I, to me is the most come and go game. Like Division One came and went, Division Two came and went. It had its players for when it came out, and is pretty much dead. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Anthem, notorious for it was shit on release and is shit now and shit the bed. Twice. Um, well, it didn't even get the chance for the second it one. Did not, yeah, it didn't twice. get a chance to do it twice. Um, Fallout 76 obviously came and stayed. Stayed kicking and screaming, but it <laughs> stayed. Um, and is now, you know, in a, it's now in a decent spot. You know, it's, it's rolling in in the wheelchair, but at least it can function. Um, you know, but then yeah, like Destiny is still the unequivocal king of this genre. Like, I don't think Marvel's Avengers is gonna stay. Uh, no, it um, won't. Like, despite the roadmap they put out, I'm like, well, cool. Anthem put out a roadmap. I don't care. Like, yeah, and that got canceled too. I mean, you put out every game outside of Destiny that ever put out a longevity roadmap. Every single one of them, at some point or another, went too fast around a curve and found a tree at like 80 miles an hour. Like. You put out. You look at um, Anthem's roadmap. I mean, they got what eight months into that before they hit a, a pretty big wall. I mean, not even that, really. They I'm, made it to Christmas. <laughs> that was the end. They had their they had their Christmas tree decorations, and then that was it. Uh, they were like they were the family that plugged too many Christmas lights into one wall socket, and it all went up in flames. But uh, the reason I wanted to ask is because uh, I I played the Outriders demo and we we kind of showed Landon a little bit of it yeah. uh, beforehand. But I think Outriders has a chance to not only kill it and actually be something good, but also it's not doing the normal live service model. Mm-mm. So it's a full sixty dollar game, no microtransactions, but it is online co op. You know, very similar to how Destiny I say I think base Destiny when they came out were now Destiny's free to play and does have some microtransactions and not pay, just not pay to win stuff, but I'm very interested to see how this works because Square Enix also has Marvel's Avengers, which is not doing so hot, but they also have, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, which is killing it on that side of the fence. And so I'm wondering if if they're going to kind of look at this one and just let people can fly do what they do best, which is, I mean, they made Bulletstorm. I'm pretty sure they were part of the Gears team beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they know how to make a shooter. But I want to know if, if this game is going to be able to it's not going to beat it but at least coincide along next to destiny in a way that's not going to like well which one is better you know well i mean the the which one is better argument is always going to be on the table i mean that's that's never gonna i mean even on twitter right now creators are comparing them and it's like they are two different games like they are not only that like they might be both mmorpgs and I mean, I don't even think it has the MMO aspect, does it? Like, it's not full. It's it's a it's very much like mission based cooperatives type stuff. Yeah. So it's less of the MMO section and more of you can play with people. Yeah. But you don't have to. It's still a loot shoot, which is why they're comparing it, and that's that's where it comes in. I think in order for Outriders to sustain 
in the game market itself, it has to prove that it has a good story, which I mean, I saw what all of three minutes of it. And I was more focused on why am I not able to get behind cover? Cause I've never played a cover shooter before. Um, yeah, that, that is definitely something that like you have to get used to like playing mass effect and gears. I'm, I'm already like when I, when I see a, a, a room that's full of like, that's very obviously cover get behind. That's mm. one thing. Like you should have seen the, I wish I would have, I wish we would have done the prologue because the prologue has very conveniently placed rocks and tarps and whatnot where you're going. Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> like, my favorite. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you because like you've been with Destiny since the beginning, yeah, and like why like what has made Destiny continue? Because Destiny is all was, excuse me, uh, was also under Activision, yeah, during the majority of both their lifespans, like all of Destiny One and most of Destiny Two. So I want to know kind of, obviously like destiny when it left activision you could see the light at the end of the tunnel right? yeah and it and i think they're i don't know if they're quite there yet but we're like we're close like once once oh, they yeah. iron out a lot of the kinks it's like this game is nigh perfect i mean again everybody's gonna have when i'm i'm mad at the new update because it did this that i liked yeah. or oh i like the new update because it added this so everybody's gonna be different but yeah like how do you think destiny kind of despite it all because both one and two launched in a very crap, interesting crap launches yeah i mean so as a destiny fan may god burn activision um both destiny honestly one... sam <laughs> what after what they did to vicarious visions i'm real oh, mad good lord i'm not, I, I can talk about that too because they the vicarious vision crap affected destiny um because they shipped off uh oh what was it they shipped off warmind and um a curse of Osiris to both. Vicarious did? Yeah, no, they they get they got Vicarious got Curse of Osiris, and then they also got Season of the Worthy, I think, um, where Saint Fourteen comes back. They got both of those, and they knocked it out of the park, but they couldn't do anymore because Activision cut them, cut them off. They said, "No, you can't do this anymore. You're done." They said, "Here, you can have Crash Bandicoot or pretty much Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. Yeah, you can be the remaster guys." Yeah, that was annoying. Um, Destiny One had a, a a huge promise for this uh this solar system spanning epic that was going to be an odyssey style um storytelling you were the main hero the main character that was going around you know you were freshly revived from the dead you had to introduce yourself to this world and then face a threat find out you were revived for a reason and like there's you can go and find literal three and a half hour long videos on the original plot line of that game and when you look at it that game would have been a triple-A title game of the year contender if it had been able to launch with that story. Like, they had the EDZ, Old Chicago, Cosmodrome. Um, they had one more location on Earth that I'm forgetting. I think it was California. Um, they had all those starting game. They had Mars. They had Europa. They had... Uh, they didn't have Nessus. That was, a, that was a Destiny 2 new thing that they added. But they had, like, Mars, Europa. They had... Uh, a colony on io they were doing like they had they had all these things that eventually did get added later which i'm glad they did it when they did it because it ended up working well for story but like all these things that they added were originally in the base game and so you were going to have this 60 dollar um triple a title that was going to have in their words i think it was like 120 hours of playable story before you got to end game and that was going to be insane act they needed more time they, they got to where they were going. They said, hey, we can't iron these out yet. We need to have a minute. Um, and then it just didn't 
end up being what they wanted. Um, Activision said no. And so they had to cut it down and almost start over eight months before release. And that's why we got the 20-hour fight the Black Garden random crap that doesn't get explained until six years later bullcrap. And thankfully, this new expansion did actually justify a lot of that, like the Exo Stranger, uh, I mean, the Vex and what they were doing in certain areas, what the Black Garden originally was, like what the darkness is, like all of these concepts that are just now getting explored were all part of the base game. And that makes me so sad. It, it's it's one of those things where, like, I wonder how Bungie felt jumping from Microsoft, because Microsoft at that time was not a good Microsoft to be under, and then jumping from them to then Activision and then going, all right, new fresh new start, we can do what we want, and Activision goes, deadline, mm-hmm. right now, finish. And they're like, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the same thing happened with D2 as well, but I mean, D2 was better. D2, they had more time, and they delayed, like, from Rise of Iron which was the last major expansion for Destiny. They had a couple live service things. They, um, Junior Pablo from Grand Rapids, Michigan just called me, and I don't know who that was, but he's getting ignored. Um. <laughs> this is this is why I love our podcast, because we'll have those moments like, I knocked over my stuff, we're getting a phone call, I get a text notification on my on my Mac. It's great, I love, I love this podcast. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, where was I? Yeah, right, Destiny 2's launch. It was better. Still, it still bad. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. great. I mean, the story was short. It was. Again, they had more they wanted in there, and they couldn't do more because of Activision. I remember playing through the, the Red War storyline recently, like before all the new updates and, and stuff came out. I was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through before, before Shadowkeep. And yeah, I beat that in a day. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't... And it, it helped being that I was also higher level, you know, because it you're running through with your current light level and current whatever so I was like alright whatever but still it I mean, was it was a very yeah. easy I ran through that like no like nobody's business and yeah like I think I beat Warmind and Curse of Osiris like pretty fast too which granted those are expansions but still yeah. they those are those are more like Warmind and Curse of Osiris were intended to be bigger they both were they both had more story and more plot, and again, both of those were shipped to Vicarious Visions, which Activision both times said, you can't work on this anymore, we have a new project. And so, both Curse of Osiris and Warmind got sent back to Bungie without half their graphics done. I'm not not a big fan of Activision. Like, especially how they're treating COD, too. Like, Cold War had so much promise, the demo was cool, or the beta test or whatever that I played. Yeah, and the story's fine, but yeah, dude, like, there's a reason people, there's more people playing Modern Warfare still. Yeah. Than playing Cold War. It's because you, you let these guys make a game they wanted to make, and then, oh, boom, it did well. But Black Ops Cold War had the problem of, of being, well, we were making a Cold War game from someone else. Uh, sorry, phone call. From... No, it was not Pablo. <laughs> Would have been funny if, if he got to me next. It's just some Activision employee that's listening in and he likes really I'm waiting to see if I got a... Uh, no, I did not get a voicemail from Junior Pablo. <laughs> he, we get Junior Pablo works for Activision. He goes, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, like Black Ops Cold War especially, because that was supposed... Black Ops was supposed to be a di- completely different game. Yeah. And then c- there was going to be a Cold War game that was completely different, but because there were problems with I think it was Raven Software or someone else they just said no screw it that's getting pushed into 
Black Ops Cold War, and now they had less time on that game because mm-hmm. instead of the normal three-year cycle, they got pushed down to two years, and so they had to now fit the Cold War storyline into Black Ops. And yeah, so it that game show you can see it's not nearly as polished as Modern Warfare. So, but yeah, and, and that sucks on Activision's part because like yeah, you're effectively ruining games to try to make the max profit. When I really think you could just let these games do, like I guarantee you, if you look at Destiny Two now, because like Shadowkeep is the first one off of Activision, right? Or no. So no, no, no. Forsaken was still Activision. Forsaken was the one where they let, where Activision gave them more time. I was gonna say because Forsaken was like the taking king of Destiny Two, where it was like, hey, we got more time, we got to do what we wanted. Here you go. And that was insane. Like that entire. That entire plot line, like the death of Cade Six, spoiler, sorry, uh, which if you don't know about the death of Cade Six by now, that came out in like 2017. You had time. Yeah, that was easily one of the coolest storylines. Like I would put it top three uh, on Destiny expansions. That whole thing was super, super cool. That's actually where I jumped in. Really? Um, <clears throat> the year that it came out, uh, I was working at GameStop. Were you there yet? This is for you. I don't think you were because I was at 4826 at that point. But um, they basically sent a code for every employee to get the Forsaken Big Edition or whatever of the game. Um, So everyone that I was working with jumped in and started playing on Forsaken, besides our old boss DJ. Um, And I was shocked at how good it was. It was good. Like, the mechanics were solid, the shooting, the upgrade system was awesome, and really, like, made you feel rewarded when you got a bigger light level, better armor, stuff like that. Um, but like, I feel like now that I've stopped playing, it's impossible to get back into. Eh? Um, that, that is a feeling. It's the same thing I when I jumped into Warframe, was there was so much there and there was no clear progression. Mm-hmm. What they've done recently, specifically with the, the Beyond Light and the New Light system, which are, they use light and and everything but uh which makes trying to explain what things are very very confusing beyond light is the expansion new lights the new thing and then you've got night light which is the bull crap <laughs> i want to i want to have you on a podcast where where we explain the kingdom hearts lore to you because that's me and BJ, <laughs> that's me and bj's expertise where for you we just say and darkness and hearts nobody's do this and darkness light friendship you're like i'm sorry what <laughs> i'm like hang on a minute <laughs> at what point do i get a rocket launcher <laughs> hold up uh <laughs> darkness light Yeah, no. <laughs> you think we're joking? I know you're not. That's the thing. <laughs> little, Screw linear progression. Like, what little, do you mean? Well, no. Little side tangent. Kingdom Hearts one. Chains of Memories. Kingdom Hearts two. Birth by birth by sleep. I already missed those. Three five eight over two. Birth by sleep. Coded. Dream drop distance. Birth by sleep zero point two. A fragmentary passage. Uh, Kingdom Hearts back cover. Kingdom Hearts key. And three. <laughs> three, five, eight over two? <laughs> uh, give me the mic. <laughs> so, I, I recently figured this out, but all the uh, all the stupid Kingdom Hearts side games are basically titled for the system that they're on. That's why Dream Drop Distance has 3Ds on it, because it's the 3DS. Three, five, eight over two... 358 days in the game over two screens because it was on the DS. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, we're kind of excited to hear you explain Destiny lore one day to us. Oh sweet Jesus, you're gonna have yeah. so much fun. Wait till I tell you about the dark timeline. And oh the- great. <laughs> hey, I'm a comics fan, so I already get this. Like yeah. the Dark Knight's metal, dark multiverse, mul- multiple evil Batman. I I get this stuff. Yeah, but I no, mean, yeah, that's all new stuff, and it's super super cool. Um, Destiny lore is super deep and super insane. Like, if I took you back to Fundament and, like, the, the, the origins of the Hive, you would lose your minds. Well, like, I enjoyed, like, and we're gonna get back on the topic at some yeah. point, but, like, I enjoyed the, when Osiris, when they're like, he was one of the original, and, like, he's a legendary uh, hunter, and I was like, this is cool. Warlock. Whatever. You yeah, know no, I mean, I mean. You know what I meant? I meant Guardian. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they've been doing that a lot recently, which has made me really, really happy, is they're pulling the, so one of the. I'm going to tangent for a second. Go ahead. One of Destiny 1's biggest issue was where the lore was stored. It was not stored in game. It was stored on these online lore cards. You had to go onto a Bungie website that you would unlock by playing the game. That was annoying. It was cool to go and read it, but I didn't have time to go look up Bungie.net, scroll through all the lore cards, find the one I wanted, and be like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know Andal Brask was the first person to use a golden gun, Like, which isn't even remotely accurate, but... Um, you saying that is the exact same as me saying Zemnis is Xehanort and you not knowing what that means. I have no clue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things where I would, I, I'm enjoying the direction of bringing the lore into the game. Like, in the last in the last four years, they've brought back Osiris, they've brought back Anna Bray, they've bought, brought back uh, Saint-14, they just brought back Elsie Bray, which is the Exo Stranger. I mean, and they're bringing back Clovis Bray, Europa, all these cool things. They're actually starting to make the world that we've lived in feel lived in. And that, that was probably my favorite part of Curse of Osiris when I played it, because I was like, okay, so it's not just the big three. Yeah. It's there's other really cool guardians who like have a lore to them and having like the whole Curse of Osiris DLC was like really cool. Like you got Osiris's guardian to be with you for a bit. Yeah. And she kind of explained things and I was like, this is cool. Like I love the lore dump of that DLC. Yeah. And then the Especially entire now that, that specific ghost is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I loved like Forsaken's DLC especially because like they added more lore stuff and they added to some of these villains and I don't care who you are when your guardian speaks and says no I'll do it myself or whatever dude. was the hypest shit dude I, I was I, I was in my chair going let's go <laughs> I got I got chills so I mean as a as a player who played through beta I've done everything like I I killed Crota I killed uh, I killed the House of Wolves like main Kel. Uh, I kill. Who else have I killed? I think I've. You killed- pretty much have killed gods at this yes, point. Yes, so I, like- I literally did kill a worm god. Like I have, I killed, I killed Crota. I killed Oryx. I beat Bexivu a wrath. I put a cap in Aldrin Sov, and I don't care if they faded to black when the gunshot happens. I killed Aldrin Sov, um, and then got to see him brought back to life and had to restrain from putting another bullet into him. Um, I wouldn't have restrained. <laughs> They won't let you. <laughs> I tried. I will mod it. <laughs> I I was standing in that social space with my gun at my side, and I'm like, let me pull it. I want to put another bullet in him. He can revive now. I want to do it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like Batman when he fights Ra's al Ghul. He can live. He's got the Lazarus pit. I can kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, that was if you're if you're trying like back on topic with Outriders and trying to jump into like what's gonna make that game. F- last a long time it's gonna be the story because when you're not like the thing with destiny is like live service game there's always going to be new stuff they've made a 10-year roadmap which they're sticking to relatively well which i give them credit for because not a lot of the games that have done roadmaps have been able to stick to <laughs> them <laughs> um avengers it's <laughs> the nastiest noise just came out of my <laughs> um but when you jump into 
um, a game like Outriders, like even just playing it for a second, I was like, okay, they've got powers. Like I understand there's a storm that's killing people. The world could be lived in. The fact that he walked up to the the hounds, uh, the lair, and instead of you know like he didn't let him get the fact that there was a gun probably pointed at him, and he just went and broke his arm and then like busted his door in. And I mean like, well, dang. Um, if you can take a world where powers like that are possible and make it feel lived in, make it feel connected, make the lore stand out, it's gonna last. I think I think Outriders also has um, the benefit, nice, uh, recently of. Okay, yeah, I have D and D tonight. Uh, um, have fun. Yeah, no, it's actually great. Um, I think what's gonna be interesting is that so game it's gonna be on Game Pass day one. Really, very interesting for that game. Meaning that if you play on Xbox and I'm you have Game it. Pass, it's there. I'm gonna like, play. It. I have the demo on PlayStation, but I'm gonna get on Xbox because. I'm not spending sixty bucks if it's there. Neither am yeah. I. So it's gonna be a game that I will I will play and actually go through because yeah, I have the fundamental like readiness availability of it. And that's why I love that before Beyond Light, Destiny Two went, here's all Game Pass. Yeah. And so you literally and if you have Game Pass, you have Destiny Two, not just you know, the free version which is all the way isn't the free one up to Forsaken or is it to Warmind? Or freeze up to Warmind. So yeah, the, it, you get the first two expansions for free. Um, but now if you have Game Pass, you get Forsaken and Shadowkeep and now Beyond Light. Yeah, and, and I mean, the only thing you'd have to do is pay for the season pass, which... And even then, like, it's, like it's, it's discounted if you have Game Pass. Yeah, it's like $10. Yeah, it, they're they're pretty... Like, that's one of my favorite things about Bungie now that they're not in Activision is you can see the greed go away. Yeah. You can see things get cheaper and it's not as greedy and it's a lot easier to get into. Like, where, where it's like, yeah, I had... In order to get into, like, now, it's like... Well, if you want to play Destiny 2, you got to buy all the content. You got to get the Forsaken Pass. You got to do this. You can't just start with base Destiny because that's dumb. Yeah. You're like, Activision made a point where it's like, you want to jump into Forsaken. Hey, do you want to buy your way into getting to the higher level? You can do that. Yeah. And, and they kept that in there, and I, I understand why. Yeah. And it's for people, like, especially with the way that. Um, like, you jumped in and out. You can yeah. kind of come back in. Like, a, hey, like, I'm going to pay, pay 10 bucks, and my character is up a thousand something light jumping through four storylines that I didn't care that much about to play in the first place and now I'm here yeah and I think that's gonna be good for those who don't want to play like the, the story like if they're not yeah. into the lore and just like I just like the gameplay then they can yeah um, but yeah like I think Outriders has potential especially with the game pass thing with it being from a developer who knows shooters especially that genre of cover shooter I think I think they have what it takes I'm just very interested to see, yeah, where they go. Because, yeah, like with Destiny, it's they, they built a lore and they built a world around that to where people who were like nerds could go in and go, I want to read more. Give me more. I want more of this stuff. Dude, I want a movie. Like, <clears throat> I, I wish I was kidding. I want one. I, I've, said this, I've said this before to BJ, and I wish more companies would do something with like CG films or using game engines for films. Because, man, if we got a Destiny like show or whatever in engine with like and then just they could pretty much just make those cutscenes and make a full movie out of it i would watch the fuck out i of would pay for that like i would see that in imax i would go all in go like dude that. i want to i want to see a movie about the dark timeline which i will explain at some point but if you know anything about the exo stranger and her entire origin in this world you'd want to watch that movie too well um we're gonna have uh we'll make that like a special podcast at some point <laughs> landon explains the destiny lore and then then we'll have the opposite bj and luke explains the kingdom hearts lore <laughs> while landon loses his mind <laughs> i we're five over eight what <laughs> oh just wait wait till you understand how hearts can hold different people inside them 
How many? Hold on. Is it four? It better be four. Uh, the one that we know has the most at one point is Sora. He's got Vin. Vanitas was in there technically. Um, Kyrie, Nominee. Irving? Yes. Sorry, that was there. There's a version of Riku in there at one point. The data version is in there. Diz is about to die, so he just dips into Sora's heart at one point. He's had at least like 10 people inside him. The way you said that. <laughs> the pause of silence followed by the. <laughs> All of us were like, let that sink in for a bit. But, let, uh, it, let it marinate. <laughs> but yeah, um, on on the topic of yeah, yeah. writers, I, I do think it's going to. I think it'll be good. It's just definitely. I think it's gonna be like Destiny One and Two, and even Fall Seventy Six. The it's launch, the launch is gonna be kind of rough because even in the launch will be a bit rough. But they've had precedents where they've updated their demo, which is something I've never seen anyone do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's already actually Bungie. Oh, they have done that. Bungie updated their demo, the original Destiny One demo. They added the moon. Okay. Because players wanted it. Cool. They, uh, they went to Bungie and said, hey, we keep hearing all this because the, the demo was originally just like, I think it was three Earth missions. And there's so many more in the first, you know, the first game. There were three Earth missions in the in the, in the Cosmodrome. And they updated it and they said, go play on the moon. Mario Cosmodrome, it's open. Have fun. And that was one of the coolest things in gaming was it's like, you have four hours before the beta closes. We decided to give you the moon because it was finished. Go. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's what's cool with, with the Outriders demo is you can play till level 7. And guess what? Once you beat the prologue, you can reload it with a different class to try them all out. And so they, they, they're making it very player-friendly, which I think a lot of people, even if the game itself is very like kind of mediocre, the fact that they're very open and like, hey, do what you want, like we're going to whatever, I think that's going to go far to where I, thi I think... My prediction is Outriders is at least going to last for a couple expansions. Yeah. And then maybe it might fall off or they might do something later. But do you have anything to add to the Outriders discussion or are you just kind of listening along for the ride? Um, I've never seen or heard anything about this game until I walked in on land and playing it. Um, uh, the, the definition of playing it is very, very loose because I was like, I can't jump and there is no cover. Ooh, a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> that shotgun went hard, though. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this a shotgun? And then put two people into a wall. And I was like, yeah, it's a shotgun. Yeah, he just minced two people that were standing directly in front of one another. <laughs> Um, the gunplay did feel good. I'll say that. Like again, I've never played on a PS5, and that's what I was playing it on. But it, it the gunplay felt good, which is going to keep me interested because that there's no game like Destiny with gunplay. Nothing feels that good. Mm -hmm. It was. It's more, you know, if if they can match, I think it's going to be good. Even even Borderlands, as much as I love Borderlands 3's feel, I still think Destiny has a beat on like the gunplay. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at guns, they have specific, like, weapons, like the Tex Mechanica Foundry, which, if you know anything about them, you know that their weapons are very, very weird. They've got Chaperone, Prospector, Last Word, most recently Dead Man's Tail. These are all old we- oh, and Huckleberry. They've got all old- Finn? <laughs> <laughs> With the amount of times people use it, you think it would be Huck Finn because of how much he gets lost. Um, <laughs> it's been vaulted for years. 
Um, but yeah, no, those weapons are specifically meant to be uh, inspired by the Old West, and they play that way. Like, last word, it's got the fanfire. You can spin it around your finger. Like, it's that kind of cool. Like, it's a Dead Man's Tales lever action. Chaperone is a slug shotgun that you also whip around like your Terminator 2. Like, those weapons feel great to use, and they don't drag away. They're still viable weapons. It's not like, okay, well, it has all those flourishes, but because of all those flourishes, you can't get a shot off the time. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 they feel good. And... I felt something similar with um, Outriders, which is why I'm now interested to see whenever it launches on Game Pass, I'm going to play it. Um, that's where I think if they can they can pull from Destiny, they already have. Uh, same thing, Anthem did the same thing. If they can pull on that Destiny fan base, which is sad to say the game that I love is going to get their fan base pulled, but they will by this game at least briefly. Um, if they can pull on that fan base and say we have a story it's a sci-fi story it's cool it's grounded in some sort of reality it's you know like we lose our planet we go to this thing whatever the gunplay feels good where you're able to if you can master if you can understand a cover shooter you can play this game so anyone who's played gears is gonna love it um and if you've played destiny the gunplay feels like destiny like it that shotgun the way it was it, it felt like I was holding my Fellwinter's lie. Like, it, it was very, very easy to just clap it out there and then put two people into coffins. Um, <laughs> but it's going to need a combination of story, gameplay, and it's going to have to snag a fan base of people who are like, we want expansions. I Right now, I think it'll last at least through launch. Launch is definitely going to be rough. If they're already putting it on Game Pass, they're probably assuming that not a lot of people are going to look at it. Um, which makes sense, which could just be the PS5 or the TV. The graphics looked lower quality, and it could just be its demo. But it didn't look like a lot of the 4K res games that I've seen. But um, Which is very interesting, because I'm playing it on a 4K TV on a PS5. Exactly. So and that's, it's, and that's, it's on HDR, so yeah, I don't think... I, I don't think it's going to be the best looking game, which, to be fair, Destiny hasn't always been the best looking game. No. It's, it has its moments, by all means. Like, so especially, I've seen some of the newer stuff, like I, the, the particle effects and some of the, the moves. Oh my gosh. But, like, that's kind of my thing. That's even in game. That's not even talking about cutscenes. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Well, I'll say that. Cutscenes have always been good. Yeah. They, but it's, it's, as someone who's a Final Fantasy fan, there's been the thing of you can immediately tell the glorious CGI cutscene. Oh, we're in gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, Destiny's getting to the point where that's no longer the case. Like, it, it feeds very, very well from, you know, the cutscene style, like which, as far as I know, is not in-engine. It's it's an exterior CGI port into the game. I, I, I will say playing Shadowkeep was the smoothest transition of those. I was like, yo, this is yeah. sick. And it's because the moon is <clears throat> one of their base locations that has always been there. Mm-hmm. And they pulled it back for Shadowkeep, and that was kind of cool, because we didn't have that previously, but they were able to really build off of a foundation they'd had for four plus years. Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a decent game. I think especially because it's a Square Enix title. Yeah. I think that it, it already has, you know, people looking at it. And a lot of influencers seem to like it. I've seen a lot of people who jump on the demo are saying, it's got promise. And I think, yeah, it's got promise. I think it's going to be fine. Um... I'd be down to watch. I say watch it. I'd be down to play it with you guys. Like if y'all wanted to just yeah. run through it. I don't know how many you can do, but I'd be down to just yeah run through Outriders at least just to see what it what it is if it's any good. And then come back and revisit this as someone who has now both played Destiny for a number of years and then jumps into that. I'd love to give you guys my thoughts on the game. It it comes out you know, ironically April first, <laughs> um, but it's uh they have said not an April Fool's joke. We promise. 
Um, but yeah, so it's coming out then, and so like the demo is there. So if you if you did want to go home and actually download the demo and play it too, you can do that. It's obviously you have till April first. Yeah, I mean at this point I might not I may not play the demo, and so that means I'd be behind you guys because I know demo progression well, does. Well, I'm I'm over. going to jump from because it's not cross uh, oh, save. Okay. It is cross play, but it's not cross save. So I'm okay. gonna, I'm going to start over on Xbox. All right. Um. So yeah. I, but yeah, I think solid game. Honestly. Yeah, no. I, as soon as it it comes out on the first, April first. So I don't know what my schedule is because my scheduler needs to stop sucking on wallpaper and actually do her job. But um, whenever free time you have, like if, if yeah. that even means like we play like a couple hours at night here it's and there, probably yeah. gonna end up being that, or it's gonna be on a Tuesday if my schedule. Like my job, I love it. But I never know my schedule yeah. more than a month in advance. So yeah, by all means, I mean I'm I'm always I'm pretty much mostly free mornings, and then obviously Saturday is my double. So, yeah. yeah. Whenever you guys want to, I'm down. Like, cause I I, I want to get more into playing games with friends. That's why I jumped into Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Just cause like, hey, I just want to play an MMO. So yeah. Then yeah, no. So I guess April 1st, I'll jump on that, and then we can start it. And I guess BJ, if you want to hop in on it, we can, and then. We'll, we'll revisit uh, this specific topic yeah. at well, that point, and I'll be like, it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Or I swear to God, if I have to hide behind cover one more time, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> that's that's why, and, and that's why I think I'm very excited because this has four or five, is it four or five uh, different classes. So that's kind of interesting to me is that they have one more than Destiny, but I wonder how different they play. Yeah. So, I mean, subclasses are going to be interesting too because it doesn't mm. they have those. It doesn't look like it looks like it's just a self-contained class. Uh, like those classes are the equivalent of Destiny subclasses, because mm -hmm. you've got what was it? It was um, tank, uh, trickster, tank, trickster, pyromancer, pyromancer and, then and technomancer, or pyro and tech. What I, I think it was pyro, but there's definite technomancer, trickster, tank, and then I'm pretty sure one more. Okay, so so then you're looking at basically four instead of three but keep in mind that destiny those three subclass those three classes have, have subclasses that four. are like huge yeah they're huge. four subclasses right yeah. now so i i i think and to be fair destiny has had years to accommodate that so i th i think if outriders does well they can obviously add stuff yeah. to the existing classes to this and i think especially with it being square enix i wouldn't be surprised if they if they come in with some final fantasy stuff like hey have a job change system where you can change your class on the fly and like hey we're about to go in this dungeon we don't have a tank and someone goes i can do that final fantasy 14 does that like it's it's a weird an mmo you can go from being the healer to then going i'll be the tank and it's and it's very like mm -hmm. easy because you you literally will just go hey i'm gonna go learn this job and just level it up and then boom you would now have two uh jobs in your class okay and so you like you can go from the gunbreaker, which is a tank to a sage which is a healer mm. and or go then right to a dragoon which is a dps uh guy so you okay. and you can have those different things so i wouldn't be surprised if they they take stuff from that worked that worked with their other live service games like final fantasy 14 or even even avengers because avengers i will say the base game before it got into the crappy multiplayer missions solid pretty decent action game and i wish it was a single player game yeah but um i think I think that's about all the time we have for today. Um, 
anything you want to plug obviously ward cliff and i mean whatnot. yeah my 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 baby project uh ward cliff um episode one and two are live right now on spotify you can find that uh under the name ward cliff academy um those are the sort of the demo for this uh this project those were our first two episodes to get out proof of concept if you like those you can go ahead and follow us on our social medias we're going to be at ward cliff live on both twitter and instagram um, and then you keep tuned to those. Once we get uh, three, four, and five batch released, we'll be releasing those. The timeline for those is probably in the summer. Uh, we're thinking early June uh, for three, four, and five released in a weekly format. And then six through ten will be released later that fall. And if you guys like that, we have season two uh, already in production. So that's pretty much the biggest thing I got to plug. Um, I think for us, the biggest thing we're plugging is uh, we're going to do our first special podcast. Uh, so in in on the I think soon, uh, probably next Tuesday we're gonna obviously do another podcast as well. But that I think that week we're also I think it's that week, that Sunday. Yeah, that Sunday we'll also be recording a a big old spoiler cast for Godzilla versus Kong. Um, and so that's gonna be interesting. Just cause and I that was a last minute I texted BJ saying, hey, this would be kind of cool. We're also gonna get shoisted. Yeah. So so enjoy that. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be very much off the cuff and. I might have to do my heaviest editing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how much I might have to cut out, I might. Um, no, so we're gonna it, we're gonna watch. Uh, I wanted to do it with with Snyder cut, but considering that's four hours long, like I alcohol I already, poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, Godzilla vs Kong and then jump on the mics and tell you what we thought about it immediately after. We're gonna have a very interesting way of doing it. I'm gonna watch it the day it comes out with my brother. And then watch it again on that Sunday with BJ. So we're going to have two kind of ways of looking at it. BJ watching it for the first time, seeing it all there. And me, okay, I've seen it once and got the spectacle. Now I can break it apart while shwasted <laughs> and uh, see what happens. So our first special is now coming out. So, yeah. Uh, anything else, BJ, you need to? Yeah. Uh, so our Instagram page is finally up and running. We're trying to keep our updates centralized to there. Uh, so if you guys are ever wondering what we're up to with and off the podcast, um, it's sidequest underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, and I'm trying to at least post one update a week. So we also have a uh, new art on the way. We do. I've seen the sketches and it's insane. Um, I BJ sent me a, a thing and I'll show Landon afterward, but Oh dude, I'm, I'm like real excited for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say like, I'm if, it's anything like what we talked about um that one night i was talking about doing it for you guys i'm super excited to see it yeah so uh yeah i think that's about all the time we have left and uh we have a bit of a request from landon oh lord you you've edited this podcast enough you know how we end this oh i'm no if i get to do this i'm gonna harp on it all right the amount of times that i have heard this stupid (laughs) ending Not to mention the 142 lip snacks <laughs> that I had to edit out of that one episode that I still want to be. You owe me dinner for that one. <laughs> yeah. I, like You still owe me food for that. Like I'm going to clarify that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then literally everything else I've had to edit out. <laughs> it, it's funny, too, because I think I found out what the lip smacking was. Is it was we didn't drink water, and so you just hear... <laughs> every five minutes yeah he had to edit out so much of that which i kept a tally yeah he's I, how much was it like 82 oh, like mo- more than that 100 oh you still have it 
I sent it to him immediately after I after I stopped editing, and I was like, I I hope you know that I was in the middle of it. I'm like, I'm at 80 right now. If this goes above 100, you owe me food. Yeah, I saw Landon <laughs> mm-hmm. a meal. Yes, you do. I'm gonna walk into Moe's on Saturday, and you better give me whatever I want. Hey, dog. Hey. I'm not uh, gonna say that on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> gonna say, yeah, come by. I'll give you free food. No. Yeah, there it is. That's the tally. Well, well, how much was I, it again? I think it, I didn't never count it. It was episode two, but that I was it was over a hundred. I remember I think it was like a hundred and twelve. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Landon knows like all our little weird quirks for the stupid podcast, and I do, and all the stuff that we 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 do. So yeah, uh, we're gonna have you end it with the, <sighs> with the age all old question. So if you're ready. The age-old question? Not question, sorry. My, I was about brain. to say. my brain's not working. Ah, uh, no, you're fine. Well, you I- could end it with a question mark. I mean, <laughs> keep it. Um, well, yeah, I guess you guys have been listening it's, to the... It's take it. Take so it. you get to say it. Was, oh. Is it take it? Yeah, so you can pick I one. I can pick one. Yeah, Alrighty. so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the SideQuest Podcast. It's me, BJ, and Landon. If you want him back, let us know. <sighs> We're going to have that Destiny lore one and the Kingdom Hearts lore one, so yeah. be on the lookout for those at some point. But, uh, yeah. Hope you all have a good, uh, decent week. And as always, keep it sleazy. God, that felt gross. (laughs)